Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Great to have you back. Simon Alicia here in Melbourne, Australia, joined by a special guest today. I'm joined by Steve Faulkner, who's Director of Engineering at Bustle. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So, uh, we've got a lot to talk about because you and the team are doing some pretty cool things around serverless, around migration, around other things. But before we get into any of that, let's maybe demystify for our listeners who haven't heard of it. What is Bustle and what do you guys do there? Uh, so, Bustle is an online women's media company. Um, so, we have two main properties, bustle.com and romper.com, which is targeted uh, specifically at uh, kind of the millennial mom segment uh, for Romper. And uh, we are doing about north of 40 million unique visitors a month. Um, so, just to give you a sense of where we're at, uh, puts us somewhere, you know, depending on whose numbers you, uh, you want to pay attention to in the top 50 websites in the U.S., that's amazing. That's a, a great segment to have and clearly a very uh, bursty workload, somewhat unpredictable workload, the kind of uh, properties where you, you want people to be reading the articles. So, you, you actually want more workload, but I guess from an engineering perspective, brings its own unique challenges. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, it's, you know, we do serve a lot of static content, but, you know, at very high load and, you know, keeping those things all up to date and making sure we're serving the right static content and getting it to everybody is it definitely has a lot of challenges. For sure. For sure. Now, you've gone through a, a pretty significant uh, change in architecture towards a serverless architecture um, of late. And I think that'd be really interesting for our listeners to hear about. I'm sure there's many people who have sort of leant forward in their chairs going, uh-huh, what, what's going on here? So, tell us about... I guess, what the problem was you guys were facing from an engineering standpoint and then why serverless made sense and following on for that, some of the extra stuff you, you've been doing because the team's done some pretty interesting things. Okay. Um, yeah, so we started, uh, we basically kind of started down the, you know, what people are calling serverless path, I would say a year and a half ago. Um, our our legacy stack, which we uh, do still have a little bit of running, although it's it's getting very minimal, Um is based off EC2 and OpsWorks and is all written in Rails uh, with some, you know, all kinds of other things thrown in. There's lots of other databases like Redis and Elasticsearch and uh, Dynamo, and we've played with a lot of things. Um, and I think a lot of our motivation kind of just came from being able to focus more on business needs rather than infrastructure needs. Uh, we don't have uh, a dedicated full-time DevOps person. Um, we were kind of splitting that role amongst like uh, a contractor and several other people on the team. And, you know, we just would run into these, these issues with uh, sometimes, you know, failures happening, not being able to track down what exactly happened, uh, managing servers, uh, getting auto-scaling set up properly and right, um, you know, proved challenging to us. Uh, just kind of a lot of things that we, you know, we didn't really want to spend time worrying about if we didn't have to. So, uh, Lambda had already been out for a while, um, but API Gateway was also um, kind of new at that time, about a year and a half ago. And that's when we first started really looking at it and being like, wow, this is really super cool. Uh, there's a ton of power here. And the promise is, is that, you know, there's less management of actual servers, which was super exciting for us. And the lack of management, I think, is one of those really interesting things that, Kind of when when thinking about serverless, people often think about well, it's it's more tunable to your workload, and and it's it's kind of interesting from a from a, I don't have to patch perspective, but just the, the whole fact you you don't have to manage any of that. You've you've really saved that effort that you can put into something far more meaningful, which is actually building functionality for for your publishers. 
Yep, definitely. Um, and that that's kind of where we were at with it. And, you know, uh, our, our initial benchmarks showed it for us, for our workloads and our kind of spiky workloads, it would be cheaper as well. So that was, that was a... <laughs> Doesn't hurt. <laughs> an easy sell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of when we started looking at it. And we, we honestly, the you know, it, it kind of required us to completely rethink our, our architecture about how our application works. Um, you know, it, you know, with something going from, you know, uh, EC2 instances or just kind of uh, normal virtualized servers, you know, a lot of people are moving in the direction of something like Docker or Kubernetes or something like that. And they could take their existing apps and kind of redeploy them on these infrastructures versus serverless. You know, we kind of had to start over and be like, okay, how does this stuff really work end to end? Where are the, the pain points here? How are we going to split things up? So it's really the, the the reimagining piece that I think is really exciting because you, you get to hopefully retire quite a bit of technical debt as you go through that migration process. Now, you, you used um, obviously Lambda and also API Gateway, but the team has built something a little bit extra that it's shared with the community. Tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, we have our op- own open source uh, tool for deploying projects to Lambda and API Gateway. Um, it's specific to JavaScript, so that's all of our, our backend is all in Node and JavaScript now. Um, and, the, you know, the gist is when we first were doing, uh, when we first were doing serverless stuff, we, we just found a lot of pain points around kind of doing it at a certain scale. Um, you know, clicking around in the, the UI for a few functions or one or two API gateway endpoints was not too bad. But when you scale that to something like 100 functions um, and multiple services, multiple API gateway endpoints, it got real hairy real quick. So uh, at the time, the really only the thing, the only thing that really existed was uh, JAWS, which has since been renamed to serverless framework. And we kind of evaluated that and it didn't quite fit our needs. Uh, It was a little uh, complex and was trying to support some things we didn't need. So we started looking at doing our own. It started out as just, you know, a bunch of really simple Bash scripts, uh, got more complicated, and eventually we were like, well, let's just kind of turn this into a proper uh, open source project, and so that's what we did. Fantastic. And so that that uh, project is called SHIP. Um, yeah. Tell us why it's called SHIP and where people can find it. Uh, yeah, so you can find it on our GitHub at Bustle Labs, uh, github.com slash Bustle Labs slash SHIP. Um, it uh, started out being called Shepherd, and uh, the the tie in there was you know we were corralling lambdas, um, so it's kind of a little bit uh, trying to be a pun. And everybody on our team just started shortening it, shortening it to Shep when we were talking uh, in in person, and so we just decided to change the name to Shep because um, that was available. Uh, so yeah, so right <laughs> that's, now that's half the challenge with an open source project is finding an available name, isn't it? Is that step one? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's actually very true. We, we Shepherd was actually not available on NPM when we first started, and so that was a little <laughs> bit of a, a hassle. So that 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 played in a little bit to to the motivation. Um, so yeah, so the the kind of pitch for Shep is, uh, you know, we we focus on JavaScript because we think by focusing just on that specific kind of ecosystem, we can build a really good tool for deploying just JavaScript APIs. Uh, it supports all of our production um, workload right now uh, for deployment and kind of managing of API Gateway and Lambda. It uh, focuses on using Webpack in order to uh, deploy very minimal function payloads um, that are kind of stripped of everything they don't need. And 
it's worked out really well. So we're, we're very happy with it. Um, the other thing that probably it does that, uh, it, it, re- it talks to all the AWS APIs directly rather than relying on a third, uh, like a tool like CloudFormation or Terraform or something like that. Um, that's not to say those tools are bad. We, we've used those in other places and, and they're great tools. It's just that, uh, we really, really value extremely fast deploys, uh, on our team. I want, uh, code to be able to get into production, you know, in the sub five second range. And we really have to use the APIs directly in order to do that. Um, we can't quite get those speeds using something like uh, cloud formation. So it's interesting you talk about speed of deployment and five seconds is a pretty, pretty decent speed. So, so tell us. Yeah, from from the time of uh, you know a, a change being created and a developer sort of you know doing some basic tests on, on their own local development environment all the way through to production, what, what's the typical flow? What's the typical uh, process and time frame? Um, we use GitHub uh, and we do pull requests. You know, we kind of operate internally like uh, maybe a, a lot of open source projects operate. So that's kind of our methodology. Um, for small changes, uh, though, we don't really have uh, explicit reviews required. We do a lot of reviews on bigger changes. But, you know, if a, if a small little fix needs to go out on a project managed by Shep, um, you know, I think end-to-end the developer could have that in production with, uh, you know, just a few minutes between writing the code, uh, pushing a PR and merging it, and then deploying with Shep. Um, you know, and that's something that I've personally found uh, super critical for our team. I want all of our engineers to be able to get code into production as quickly as possible. Um, I feel like environments where people are uh, either a nervous about deploying to production for some reason, or they don't feel like it's going to happen fast enough. They're going to have to wait for something um, or wait for some long process to happen. I think those are not really healthy attributes for a team. I think it's super healthy to basically have anybody on the team should be able to deploy to production you know, very, very quickly. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm, I'm forever banging on about the fact that you've got to exercise your deployment muscle. Otherwise, it doesn't uh, doesn't get strong and you don't do it too often. It sounds like you guys have gone all in in deploying quickly and uh, and safely as well with the with the framework to help you do that. Yeah, it definitely. The, you know, part of the framework is it kind of removes some of the, the common issues, right? Like the, the gotchas that you might run into doing it some other way. Exactly, exactly. So what are some of the major lessons learned, you would say, from, from going through this process of moving from a more monolithic, quote-unquote, traditional application into this uh, exciting new world of serverless? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing for us is probably just the developer productivity. Um, you know, there's there's a learning curve, and when we started this a year and a half ago, things weren't quite as easy as they are now. There was less tooling out there, there were less features. Um, and, you know, we, we definitely had some some pain points. But since then, AWS has really added a bunch of features that everybody's been asking for, um, you know, fix some of the, the common complaints. And what the result for us has been is that we can just get code to production faster once we decide what we want to do. Um, the serverless aspect too, the fact that every single you know, endpoint is kind of has its own dedicated function, gives us a lot of flexibility too. We can try out new things very easily um, and very narrowly scoped. We don't have to affect other things in our system as a result. Um, So I think as a team, we just feel a lot more, you know, agile in the way that we can uh, try out things, deploy new code, uh, change code. Uh, It makes us feel very powerful, which is, is super exciting. So I, you know, it, there's, there's still a little bit of a learning curve when you're starting or if you're 
um, moving over a legacy app to something like serverless because it does require you to think a little bit differently. But that said, once you get over some of those initial hurdles, um, I would really highly recommend it to any team. It's, it's made us uh, really happy. Well, it sounds like you've got uh, many of the benefits that uh, teams hope for when they move to a, a serverless framework. So it's great to, great to hear that story and, uh, and the details of your journey. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, no, of course. It's been, been awesome. Got, happy to chat. No problem. And if you want to find Bustle, it's B-U-S-T-L-E dot com. Uh, and of course, Bustle Labs on uh, on GitHub and the project with Ship, and there'll be links in the show notes as well. We do love to get your feedback, AWS podcast at amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building. <laughs>